Hi everyone and welcome to the seventh episode of the Equipment Watch Market Roundup. On the first half of the show today, we'll sit down with Sam Giffen to cover the latest used equipment market trends. And for the second half, we'll be taking a special look back at 2016 as we hear from many of our staff analysts on what they thought were the most important topics of the last year. Equipment Watch produces the leading database information products for the construction equipment industry and is the world leader in heavy construction research and serves more than 15,000 professional high volume users of construction and lift truck data. Our online products are valuable tools and decisions surrounding the purchase, valuation, operation, and disposal of equipment. Sam, as usual, thanks for joining us as we uh, have our last recording session of 2016. Thanks, Greg. Happy to be here, as always. Uh, Well, we appreciate it. November is now in the books, so can you tell us what's your overall summary? So if I had to use one word to describe November 2016 in the used equipment world, I would actually use the word stability. Really? Uh, You know, of many things most people would say about November, uh, stability is probably not the word they would use to describe, but our markets were refreshingly stable. So, I mean, what does that mean? Did, Did nothing happen? Not exactly. So the resale channels for used construction, lift, and ag equipment all regressed back to back to the mean, so to speak, and they all fell within the stable region of our price stability index. That measures the degree to which average fair market value and market activity vary from our expectations, given the values and activity in the month prior. In October, we saw values for construction equipment drop 1.1%, against a 1% increase in market activity. And that increase really wasn't enough to maintain a price stability. Right. And thus, we saw the price stability index dropped into a deflated rating. But in November, our resale market activity dropped by over 11% against only a 3% drop in values. This steep decline in market activity against a negligible movement in average values drove the market back into a stable position. I know you'll probably be too humble to admit this, but this is a lot of what you predicted uh, last month, isn't it? Yeah, in in many ways it is, and you know I'm going to break the seasonality seal really right. early here, but this is this is generally what you would expect from the end of the year. So overall, we're seeing the you know a return to normalcy from the market. But to wrap it up, you know why don't you give us a quick recap of the month by market? You know, starting first with construction. Sure. So on on the construction market, it was generally a month of declining values and declining average age, but nothing that we didn't expect. January, February, and March should bring some pretty pleasant turnaround regarding those two metrics. How about lift and access equipment? For lift and access, we saw resale market activity climb nearly 20% in November, which means there are a lot more assets available for purchase. We'd expect to see this influx drive down the average fair market value, and we expect that drop in values to persist through the end of 2016. How about agricultural equipment? Agricultural equipment values are down over 9% on the resale and auction channel compared to November of last year. But market activity is up over 66% on the resale channel alone. So is that reason for optimism? I mean, agriculture has been depressed for some time now. I'd say that some of that, some of it is, is again, going to be seasonal. We would expect to see a large surge in market activity here as the calendar year ends and as, um, as harvest seasons begin to rotate. Growers are, are putting things on the market in preparation for buying and selling seasons at the beginning of the year. But 
I would also say that, that some of this, if you've been following the agricultural equipment market or the ag market in general, you know that, that we've been in a down cycle. Right. And it appears that as far as the used equipment is concerned, we, we are not out of that yet. And, uh, and finally, let's turn our attention to commercial trucks. November was a weaker month than we expected for commercial trucks, but all of our measures point to a month that was much stronger than November of last year. Average equipment age was up 8% over last year, and average mileage was up 21% over November of 2015. So does this mean it was older equipment with more hours, or...? Yes, it does. So older equipment with higher hours than we would expect um, making its way to market. This is a positive sign for dealers and manufacturers in 2017 as more sellers are trying to dispose of older equipment, Mm -hmm. likely for replacement purposes. That's great insight. Thank you. Quickly moving on to the second half of the show, we wanted to do something a little bit different for the first episode of 2017 and reflect back on the previous year. To do so, we asked members of our Equipment Watch Analyst team to spend a few minutes covering topics that they felt helped define the equipment markets in 2016. So Sam, since we have you right here, let's start with you. What do you think was the a defining topic of 2016? Well, I'm going to go a little bit outside of the construction market uh, in particular. I think the defining element um, in our industry over the last 12 months actually revolves around the movement of uh, short-term interest rates by the Federal Reserve Bank. Okay. Last year in December, they raised short-term interest rates about 0.25%. Mm-hmm. Again, this year, they raised them another 0.25%. So now they're holding somewhere between 05 and 0.75%. Those aren't big increases on their own, but it's worth noting that the increase last year was the first time in 10 years. Right, right. It's a huge vote of confidence in our economy as a whole, but this also could have a pretty big impact on equipment finance. If banks and lenders begin adjusting to these new rates, and there's historical evidence that they will do that very quickly, mm-hmm. we're going to see the cost of credit increasing, which may actually end up influencing purchase decisions through 2017. Some equipment buyers may be tempted to move towards non-traditional methods of ownership, such as rental or long-term leasing. And we're seeing that across every industry, right? Yes. And so I believe that this increased cost of financing may actually lead to an acceleration in that trend. I think that's fantastic insight. We'll, we'll see if it holds up next year. Absolutely. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Next, we have Elise Gregory. Elise, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Sam. I'm glad to be here. So Elise, hailing from Equipment Watch's cost team, you have a unique perspective on what's happening in the construction equipment world. So what do you think was the most important thing that happened in 2016? Once again, we did our Tier 4 report this year. And while the addition of Tier 4 equipment to fleets has remained slow, we did notice some changes regarding Tier 4 equipment in 2016. The finance industry has seen almost double the amount of Tier 4 equipment, and the insurance industry has seen an increase of almost three times the amount of Tier 4 than uh, 2015. The overwhelming majority of rental companies still rent out Tier 4 equipment, but it actually no longer comes at an increased cost for customers. Lastly, equipment owners and managers are seeing a fuel cost saving, but are still experiencing an increase in purchase prices, maintenance costs, and training for their Tier 4 equipment. And just for the curious listener, can they still access that Tier 4 report? Yes, it's still available on intel.equipmentwatch.com. Great. 
Well, thank you so much, Elise. Thanks. And next on the show, we have Miles Harper, an analyst on the cost team, to talk about what he thought was the biggest trend of 2016. The biggest trend in 2016 for me was the uptick in the demand from fleet managers for better business intelligence. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is that they were looking for a way to justify what they already knew. I mean, they would already have intuition about the piece of equipment in their fleet, but they had no real way to communicate that to, say, a CEO or CFO or someone who would give them the funds to help change their fleet or change or buy a new piece of equipment or sell a a piece of equipment. So it sounds like part of this concept, which you're seeing in in every industry where people are just looking for hard data to back their their decisions, right? Yeah. So what's what's an example that you could give us that you've seen? For example, um, I worked with a customer that essentially they knew that they had to get rid of a few pieces of equipment, but they were trying to explain that to their higher-ups and they had no idea to say it so what we did is what we, we looked at their utilization for those select pieces of equipment in their fleet and from there we showed them you're in the 90th or 100th percentile which meant they were running it into the ground essentially then of course they agreed they were like yeah we know we're running this too hard and so we gave them the data and the hard facts so that they can turn around and show it to their higher ups and from and they would feel more confident in those meetings that makes sense is this a uh, a trend you expect to continue into 2017 Definitely. I can see a lot of fleet managers going to third-party resources and looking for these hard these hard data points so that they can turn around and show it to their higher-ups and let them know they're not just saying things out of, the, out of the ordinary, just kind of saying what my gut feeling is, when they now have hard facts to say, hey, this is why I need this done. It's a, it's a data-driven world. Well, thanks for being here, Miles. Appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. And next up, we're welcoming back to the show Dashi Marshall. Dashi, thanks for being here. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Dashi, as the as the cost team lead for the Equipment Watch analyst team, mm-hmm. what did you see in 2016 that was really noteworthy? Big thing that happened last year. Well, I wouldn't call it necessarily big, but there was a lot of activity in construction. A lot of it didn't necessarily meet um, a lot of uh, economic expectations with uh, economic forecasters out there. But the way the year ended, it was a very contentious election. But what was beneath the surface was the fact that there were 87 ballot initiatives across the country uh, for $200 billion in uh, infrastructure projects. Now, how many of those projects will have force account work? And with people needing to use our product, it will remain to be seen. But I think we can count on a lot of activity uh, going on in the 2017. All right. So your expectations are for a, a busy and productive 2017 then in, in the uh, in the infrastructure world. Absolutely. A lot of roads, a lot of transits, a lot of bridges coming everybody's way, and a lot of yellow iron needed to build that. Obviously, we're hoping that a lot of our, our customers, a lot of contractors, a lot of construction businesses out there have a a very successful year, and we'll be keeping a close uh, eye on that. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Dashi, and hopefully we'll be speaking with you again very soon. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. And now we have with us Jeff Welch, who manages our data analytics team. Jeff, I think this is your first time on the show, so uh, welcome. Thanks, Greg. We are seeing a significant increase in customers using APIs to power websites and critical business workflows. New and existing customers are requesting increasingly complex data solutions to power all aspects of the industry. Yeah, I think you're seeing this everywhere, right? So you can't go to a marketplace without seeing third-party services such as financing, data, or shipping You know, listed on that page. Telematics has been a huge thing. I think this API economy can only increase in the next year. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. Totally agree with that, Greg. 
We are expecting database solutions to continue to grow in 2017. Outstanding. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. And joining us from Equipment Watch's data team, we have Brian Lee. Good afternoon, Brian. Good afternoon. So, Brian, what do you think was the most important thing that happened in 2016? Major news in the heavy equipment auction market during 2016 is definitely the Rich Bros acquisition and alliance. In 2016, Rich Bros acquired Iron Planet, Mascus, Petrovsky, and Kramer, and also invested in Machinio, building on its online platform and global network, as well as enhancing its presence in the New England region and Western Canada. Rich Bros also entered into a strategic alliance with Caterpillar, strengthening its relationship with Caterpillar and expanding dealer network and global reach. These acquisition and alliance support ReachPro's customer-centric multi-channel diversification strategy by increasing customer choices, enhancing online offerings and global reach, as well as providing penetration into large and additional segments. The acquisition cost about $800 million US dollars to ReachPro's, but it'll eventually pay off they support its growth strategy, which will only be beneficial to Rich Bros in the long term. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Sam. Next up, we are joined by Rebecca Fowler of our data team. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, Sam. Good to be here. Now, on the data team, you keep an eye on the resale channel specifically. So what have you seen over the last year that, that really stands out as notable? Used equipment values fell steadily throughout the year. Grain harvesting equipment took a notable hit in April, while declines in other areas were more gradual. We did see high volume on the resale market, but we also know that dealers are having trouble moving late model tractors and combines. The majority of dealers still consider their new and used inventory to be too high. Sales fell by about 11% in 2016 and are expected to drop another 4% in the coming year. So we really haven't seen the end of this down cycle quite yet. That's very interesting. Do you think we'll see it in 2017? I know that's what everybody is hoping for, and I think we will be seeing it within the next year or so for sure. Well, great. Thank you so much for giving us your, your feedback on the year. Thank you. And next to share his insight on 2016 is Michael Quinlan, our industry analyst focused on the rental market. Michael, thanks for being here. Thanks, Greg. What, uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the last year? Well, 2016 was a profound year for the construction rental industry. The boom of the apartment industry, coupled with the technological innovations, made for an exciting 2016. Many of the large rental companies, including United, Hertz, and Blue Line, converted to new online rental platforms, and Hertz Construction Rentals separated completely from the car rental division and rebranded as Herc Rentals, H-E-R-C. Definitely a sign of they're doubling down on the rental market, right? Yes, definitely. Also, the rise of P2P rental companies put a lot of pressure on the uh, the large rental companies to change up their platforms. We also saw rental revenues increase across the country. We will have to see over the next month or so what the results from Q4 will show, but we have seen that the forecasts are looking bright for the rental industry over the next few years. Well, we appreciate the insight. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Greg. Now, we've also been fortunate enough to have a pair of analysts join us from the industry-leading Truck Blue Book, a sister company powered by Price Digests. First, we have Jessica Carr, Senior Industry Analyst who, for anyone who follows commercial truck markets, really needs no introduction. So, Jessica, welcome to the program. Hi, Sam and Greg. Happy to be here. So, 2016, what did you see? 
One of the most important things to mention about heavy-duty trucks in 2016 was the low sales numbers and their impact on pricing. The overall heavy-duty used truck market for those trucks over 26,000 pounds dropped 10.7% from January to December as market share shifted and certain brands varied in monthly price changes. Among the top heavy truck competitors, the largest drops in pricing for the year were on Volvo and International, both of which decreased in volume on the market throughout the year. The top price increases included Western Star and Ford, easily making Western Star one of the highest priced trucks on the used market for the year. Thank you, Jessica. Really appreciate the insight. Thank you. I hope we'll be talking again very soon. Looking forward to it. And joining us here is Kurt Wilson, an analyst on Price Digest. Welcome, Kurt. Thank you. So, Kurt, you're, you're a bit of an expert in the passenger vehicle and light truck area, right? Yes. So, from your perspective, what was the most important thing to happen with those vehicles in 2016? Well, in 2016, we really continued to see the influence of the big three in their emergence on the market. Auto companies and their tier one suppliers have definitely been at the forefront of innovation. You've seen that in the values especially. Um, the values for trucks and SUVs have held very well. This is creating an increased demand for the expansion of vehicle specifications data. Great. Well, Kurt, thank you for your insights on 2016, and we look forward to hearing from you again. Thanks again. All right. Well, that wraps up our show and our look back at 2016. A special thank you to all the analysts who joined us on the show today and shared their spectacular insights with us. It's been a great year, and we hope you continue to join us. If you haven't already, please subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes to make sure you never miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more, you can always visit EquipmentWatch.com, and for free access to all of our intelligence content, visit Intel.EquipmentWatch.com. Until next time, thank you.